Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. You know, isn't it true that whenever there is a move of God, a real genuine move of God, there is always going to be an opposition to that movement, an opposition to that truth. And that's certainly what has happened in the past, and that's certainly what has been happening ever since then. If there is one thing that is true, you can better believe that all of hell is going to come against that truth and get you to believe the lie rather than the truth. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob begins in chapter 2 of Peter's second epistle by addressing the subject of false teachings and destructive doctrines. Even as there were holy men of God who spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, so also there were false prophets and false teachers then and today. Peter stated this as a fact and not as a possibility, and he said they were among you not only on the outside of the church, but inside the church as well. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. We're going to be looking at Second Peter chapter 2. We're going to be looking... I was kind of thinking we would get through the whole chapter, but as I started getting into it, I realized there's no way. It's not happening. <laughs> so we'll probably just look at the first 11 verses today, and there's quite a bit in there. But again, Peter is writing this letter to remember uh, Jews and some Gentiles that were newly saved in, in, in Jerusalem. You remember on the day of Pentecost, the church really began. And his first letter was to encourage them in the trials that they were going to encounter and to encourage them that their faith is, is solid in Christ and they, they have nothing to fear, that Jesus Christ is their living hope. And so the second letter, Peter is addressing the same group of people. And one of the themes, if you remember, we looked at the four, at least four themes in this second letter that Peter had written. One of the themes is about the second coming of Christ, which we're going to be getting into, not today. But the importance of also Christian character, we looked at that the last couple of weeks, and that the prophetic scripture is not given by, by, by men, it's given by God to holy men of God, that it's not of private interpretation. But what we're going to be spending our time this morning looking at is false teachers and false prophets. False prophets and false teachers. And certainly at this time in history, especially after Pentecost, and especially as Peter and Paul began to write letters, 
you know, isn't it true that whenever there is a move of God, a real genuine move of God, there is always going to be an opposition to that movement, an opposition to that truth. And that's certainly what has happened in the past, and that's certainly what has been happening ever since then. If there is one thing that is true, you can better believe that all of hell is going to come against that truth and get you to believe the lie rather than the truth. And false letters were being written and purported to be signed by the Apostle Peter, by the Apostle Paul. And people were teaching false doctrines, contrary to what Peter and Paul and the others had been delivering to the saints. And so it's important. Doctrine is very important. And so we're going to be looking at that this morning. In fact, if you look up here on the screen, I, I created a slide. I'm just going to leave it up here. Because it's very telling. It's, uh, you see these little lambs down here in the corner, and you have this really f- large sheep. But yet, there's really a wolf inside, and there's a little zipper. You can't really see it on the screen, but it's like a, like a, a lamb suit, <laughs> a sheep suit. And, the, and the, the, lion, or the wolf is in there, a wolf among sheep. And really, that's what false doctrine is. It's, it's a little leaven that leavens the whole lump, and it's just a little bit of compromise to saturate the whole, and that's the design of Satan. Not to come out and tell a bald-faced lie, but to give 90, 90% truth and just 10% error. That's all that's needed, because all he wants to do is get the ship off the compass a little bit. You probably know this, but whenever a ship is out at sea, they have to always be checking their course and always adjusting because of tides and things of that nature can steer them off very easily and they can start off. And if they're one degree off when they start and they continue in that error, they're going to be so far off by hundreds of miles, perhaps even thousands of miles, just by one little veer. And yet the word of God is always encouraging us to stay true to his word, to stay close to the word of God. To stay close to the Lord. Let's read the first 11 verses. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. It says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. 
They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Pretty difficult things to read. In fact, this passage of Scripture, along with the letter of Jude, are some of the most pointed passages on false doctrines and false teachers and false prophets. And there's some scathing rebukes that we're going to see, and we're already seeing it. It gets a lot worse. Because God is very concerned about the truth of his word, because he is truth. It's important that we follow the truth. We will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. But if we allow error in, folks, do you realize that it's going to get us off course, and our lives are going to be crazy. They're going to be let off in different areas. So doctrine is important because doctrine is actually what dictates your life. Your life, you live out the doctrine that you believe. Do you know that? And those who hold to certain things, they live according to those truths. So it's important that you know what those truths are and that you live according to them. Let's go back to verse 1 here. He says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. Before we get into what a false prophet is, let's look at what, a, what, a, what is a prophet's role to begin with. A prophet's role is, to, is very simply to speak on behalf of God. It's to speak for God, whether it's foretelling events that are going to occur. It could be bringing warning, or in some cases, warning of impending judgment which was what the prophets were known to do. If a prophet showed up in your town, you'd better... <laughs> Nobody was like holding up banners saying, Welcome to our town. They were wondering, what is he coming to tell us that we're doing wrong? And see, we need that. I need that. I need, Even though we don't like it, I need to be told when I'm going astray. Because that's really what love is. Love tells the truth, even when you are going astray. No one likes to be told, Hey, listen, you're going the wrong direction. Nobody likes to hear it, but it's so important that we do that for one another. Iron sharpens iron. But a prophet's role is to speak for God, foretelling events, warning, or even speaking of judgment to come. And it's not the prophet's job to share his own opinion, his own thoughts, his own feelings. He is to share exactly what the Lord says. In fact, that is what an ambassador of a country does. A U.S. ambassador. An ambassador is an official envoy, even in our country. Somebody who, is, who represents his or her own government or sovereign. That's what a, an ambassador is, and that's what we are called to do, and that's what a prophet is supposed to do, to be an ambassador, to not make up things, to not interpret things, no, to tell things truthfully the way they are. And Moses was a prophet, and God was willing to use him. And because God was willing to use him, do you believe that God gave him the enablement? He gave him everything he needed to serve him. Whatever God orders, he will pay for and he will enable. So if God has called you to do something, even though you don't have the skill or ability, God can give you that skill or ability. And sometimes he waits for us to take that first step before he imparts what we need. Because we have to honor him. But you remember in Exodus chapter 6, you don't have to go there, I'm just going to read it to you. Because of Moses' unbelief and his self-focus, God allowed his older brother Aaron, remember, to speak 
on behalf of Moses. In Exodus chapter 6, it says, It came to pass on the day that the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I am the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of, of uncircumcised lips. In other words, I, I can't speak well. I don't have learned words. And how shall Pharaoh heed me? And so the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all I command you. And see, there's the role of a prophet. All that I command you. And Aaron your brother shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, God spoke to Moses. And he's speaking to the children of Israel. Deuteronomy 18, beginning in verse 18, it says this. I will raise up for them a prophet like you, Moses, from among their brethren, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. And so that's what a prophet is to do, to speak all of the words of God. Not to interpret them, not to put a slant on them. You remember Jonah brought a warning to Nineveh, And because of that warning, the whole city of Nineveh, from the king all the way down, they repented at least for a few hundred years. But Nineveh had been converted. Because of Jonah's, or because of God's warning of judgment coming to Nineveh, they all repented. And when we look at Jeremiah the prophet, God told Jeremiah to warn Israel, and especially Judah, to turn from their idolatry. And he warned them, and he warned them, and he warned them. And what's really scary is in Jeremiah 7, chapter 7, verse 16, God says this. There came a point when the warning wasn't good enough, and finally the judgment had to be meted out. And God told Jeremiah, do not pray for this people. That sounds kind of awkward for God to say, doesn't it? Don't pray for these people. But there is a point when we go so far that things are already in motion. Things are already in motion. We can always turn from our sin, but there are consequences that are on their way. It's almost like the the car has already left the parking lot, and it's coming. And during that process of the car being on I-90, paying all those tolls, (laughs) you repent. And God can lessen the judgment, but the judgment's coming. The consequence of that sin is coming. There are times when that happens. And that's certainly what happened with Judah, you remember. And that's why they were led into captivity. They were listening to false prophets, and they would have it so. They were listening to them. not No longer wanting to hear the word of God, but now listening with itching ears the things that the prophets were telling them. Telling them things that they wanted to hear. Not what they needed to hear. God tells us what we need to hear. It's not always what we want to hear. But he is God and we are not. And so it behooves us. There we go, Paul. or uh, um, Aaron, there's our word. It behooves us then to listen. It behooves us to listen to God. But what about discerning a false prophet in Deuteronomy chapter 18? Beginning in verse 20, God says this. He says, But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if a thing does not come, happen, or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. 
And see, God is, he knows everything, right? So he doesn't need to lie. He doesn't need to make things up. It's very easy for him just to say what's going to happen. And if a prophet is true, he'll be spot on 100% of the time. But if he's making it up, you know, sometimes God in his mercy, and sometimes people can get it right maybe once or twice. And all of a sudden people are thinking, wow, this guy must be somebody. Twice so far he's said something's going to happen and it came to pass. He said that, you know, that ice cream was going to be on sale at Tops to, you know, buy one, get one free. How often does that happen? Happens quite a bit. And it came to pass, we must be a prophet. But there's a test. Where discerning a false prophet or teacher gets interesting is when the false prophet or teacher predicts something, and it does come to pass. Even though the prophet or teacher is saying or leading the people to do something that is opposed to the word of God, and God can test them. And unfortunately, people, we can be very gullible. And even in the church, we believe uh, we can believe someone calling themselves a prophet because they exhibit some spiritual power or some kind of charisma or charm. And maybe they predict two things in a row, and we, we start to believe them, even though they're denying the Lord all the way, and their lifestyle is a wreck. And their lifestyle is showing that there's something wrong here. And then the confusion comes in. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, we're going to look at the first five verses. Turn there with me, if you would, Deuteronomy 13. Because this is important. And this is where it gets difficult. Again, it's easy if a bald-faced lie is told. But it gets trickier when someone who's calling themselves a prophet... I hate to use the word lucky, but they get lucky and they, they may share something and it comes to pass and immediately everybody's on board. We're going to give to this guy his minute, we're going to give to the ministry and we're going to listen to everything he says. After all, he did this, you know, he said this was going to happen and behold, it has come to pass. But notice the test of God. Deuteronomy 13, verse 1, it says, If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them. Notice, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your midst. So it's very easy when a bald-faced lie is told, but now it gets more difficult. Now you have to, re- you have to be more discerning. You have to know the word of God. If you don't know the word of God, I would encourage you to read it every single day. I'm on this wonderful Bible reading plan by Robert Murray McShane, and it's, it gets you through the Old Testament once, the New Testament uh, twice, and Psalms twice in one year. And it takes about a half hour to 35, 45 minutes to read all that material. But you know what? It's been one of the, most bless- the greatest blessings of my life to just be saturated in so much Scripture. And it goes methodically. It's really wonderful. It's a really great plan. But you have to know it. 
You have to know the truth so that when the error is presented before you, it'll be very easy for you to pick it out. You'll be able to pick it out immediately. It's sort of like you know, seeing a red balloon in a white room. When the red balloon shows up, it's very obvious. And see, as believers, that's how false doctrine, false teaching should be to us. It should be that plain. Like we're in a white room and a red balloon appears. It should be that simple. That's why it's important that we read the Word of God, that we pray over it, that we submit our hearts to doing it. Not just to reading it, but to doing it. We have to be doers of the Word and not just hearers only because otherwise we do what? We deceive ourselves, right? So in verse 1 it says, There are also false prophets among the people. This word is pseudo-prophetes, which literally means a pretended foreteller or a religious imposter. That's what it is. It's one who is acting the part of a divinely inspired prophet, uttering falsehoods under the name of divine prophecies. And you know false prophets have been around as long as God began to share the truth. As long as God has, from the very beginning, when he began to foretell events... And because there is absolute truth, and because there is only one God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are one. And because there is absolute truth, there will always be those satanic beings working in the lives of false prophets and false teachers that will seek to confuse, deceive, and to lead astray. And the first one that we read about in Scripture is Satan himself. He is a liar. He is a liar. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, he says, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and a father of it. He's the father of lies. We see in the very beginning, you know, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. We all know this very well. Genesis chapter 2, we're going to be beginning in verse 16. After God had created everything, he set man, Adam, in the midst of the garden. And he said to him in verse 16 of Genesis chapter 2, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Literally that means in dying you will surely die. Meaning there is a physical death that's coming, but there is also a spiritual death. And when they disobey God, they began to die spiritually. And ultimately that would lead to a physical death as well. In dying you will die. That's literally what it means. Because you've disobeyed God. And notice with me at Genesis chapter 3 now. So now the commandment has been given, but in Genesis chapter 3 it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, notice, he didn't go after the man. He didn't go after the head. He went after the weaker link. And please, ladies, don't misunderstand me. Women have qualities. Men have qualities. God made us male and female. Our roles are different. They're supposed to be different. And they are to be embraced. We ought to embrace our, those things because, honestly, I've said this before, between my wife and I, we make really one good, decent human being, I think. <laughs> Actually, by, with, me out, with me out of the picture, it's, kind of, it's really good as it is. But God created us with roles. But he goes after the woman because she is to be Adam's helper. Her, her, her constitution is different 
The way God made her was different. And Satan saw the weak, the weaker of the two, and he says, I'm going right after that. That's why he goes after your kids. That's why he goes after your wives. And lastly, he'll come after you too, guys. And he'll do it all at once. He's not, a, he's not on a time, well, his time is short, but he, he doesn't care about doing things methodically. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in Peter's second epistle. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.